Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. Here we grow. We are working on growing together this year and have understood that it is a process in our lives, an intentional process in our lives, and we call that progressive sanctification. Now, understanding that God is the one who starts this process, and it is God the one who wants to develop the character of His Son in our lives. As we recognize that this morning, we understand that Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, reminds us of that truth. And this is a passage of Scripture that we're working on. Let's read this verse together, quote this verse together. We'll start with a reference. Do the verse, and then we will finish with the reference. Here we go. Philippians 1, 6. And I am sure that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1, 6. Keep working on that verse. We're going to work on it for several more weeks. And I trust it will be an encouragement to you. But it is a process, is it not? Something that God wants to do. And I want to show just a short video this morning that, that kind of links this together. Recognizing that it is progressive sanctification, it is the development, it's being challenged and changed and conformed to the character of Christ. And that's all that God wants to accomplish for His honor and His glory. Brenda, please. How do we grow? By strength or resolve? Can we make it so? Can we shape the course of our lives according to our purpose and designs? Or add a single hour to the measure of our time? How can we ever venture into what is unknown when we are incapable of the smallest change on our own? Looking back over the span of our lives, we can see the marks that testify to how far we've come, how much we've grown, how much of His grace we have been shown. The marks of maturity on our lives, the evidence of the work of Christ, the seed that He has planted in our heart. The Lord has also watered and will refine every part. It is His intention to give it growth until it comes to fruition. He has sealed it with His oath that He who began this good work in you will see it through. In this lies our hope, not in what we do. But we do not grow alone. Our roots are intertwined, one with another so that your strength is mine. While we wait in expectation, no growth can be seen. The tender shoots that so quickly spring up must grow strong, lest they remain frail and green. Would we be overwhelmed by perils in store that his timing seeks to prepare us for? 
Let us endure our trials with patience, for it's in His goodness that we trust and hold fast to our commitment, resting in His faithfulness to us. His goal is for our good. On this our assurance falls, that He who began this good work will surely make it grow tall. this good work will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ our growth is intentional and our growth is incremental because a lot of times we don't understand our growth until we look back and see how we have grown but still we must press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus so how does all this work are you in Ephesians chapter 4 I want to begin with verse 11 this morning and read down through verse 16. And I want you to note the process that God has for us as he outlines it in our lives. You remember in the video it says you don't do it by yourself. It is God who began the work. And God has given to us his word. God has given to us his people. God has given to us all these circumstances to help us to grow. Ephesians chapter 4 beginning with verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the, min- for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and, the, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now, I want to give you an outline for this passage of Scripture so that we can have it together, and then today we are going to concentrate on verse 13. We're going to jump kind of in the middle, and we're just going to kind of look at that today. But let me give you the whole outline so so that you have it together. First of all, he gave gifts to the body, gifted individuals who were designed so that they might help the body to grow. There's the recognition of those gifted people. Identified here as the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. And next week we are going to take a close look at the responsibility of those individuals. Our growth. Our growth within the body is to be developing into the character of Christ. And that's what we're going to look at today. We are to... Understand it's the whole body. Verse 16 says, From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. The truth in love is part of our growth. You know, sometimes the truth hurts. But if the truth is spoken in love, it will help us to grow. Because we recognize the challenges that we have in our lives. 
And it's all to help out the body. Each part working together properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Helping, edifying, building up in love. So that's how we're going to outline this passage of Scripture. And we're going to take the next three, four weeks to get through it. And I trust that it will be an encouragement to us. But we're going to concentrate today on verse 13. Verse 13 says, Until we all attain to the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. Until we all. Now, my first question is, who's that talking about? Who's the we all, or was Paul just from the south? The, the we all there has to deal with those servants, right? The evangelists, the teachers, the prophets. Those that Christ gave within the body. And they are part of those who are supposed to be growing. So it it deals with the servants. But it also deals with the saints. The saints, those who are part of the body. This is not a us and them kind of thing. It's us all together. And I think we need to recognize that each one of us needs to progress in our Christian lives. Each one of us has the responsibility of growing and developing, and taking those next spiritual steps, whatever those are, so that we can be challenged and changed and conformed to the character of Jesus Christ. So we're talking about the servants here. We're also talking about the saints. And what does it say? It says, until we all, as the body of Christ, grow up into him who is the head, even Jesus Christ. Now, how does that work? Verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of faith. You know, it's important for us to recognize that unity is not uniformity. Because if we were all alike, some of us wouldn't be needed. But in the body, Christ has placed the different members. Members to minister to each other and share with each other and encourage one another. A couple of weeks ago, I got in a situation I didn't know what to do. So I called Doug Betts. Doug's part of the body. I knew Doug would give me good counsel. Now, the truth is, I didn't connect with Doug, and so I made another call and got other counsel. But it was the counsel Doug would have given me. And, and we need each other. We need each other within the body. Tommy, thank you so much for playing the percussion this morning. Part of the body. I thought, you know, the weeks, Judy, that we don't have a drummer this summer, I'd jump in. Judy just goes, oh, no. Lord, help us. I have played the percussion. Yeah, I played the bass drum in a parade when I was in high school once. That's my total experience in percussion. But we, we need each other. I mean, I mean, that's the truth, right? And even as the video reminded us, we need each other so that we can grow. Now, what does it say? It says that we might all attain to the unity of the faith. 
Jude said that we need to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Now, if you look at our official church documents, our Constitution, you find that one of those documents is entitled the Articles of Faith. It's what we believe. And there are 21 different statements in there about truths in the Scripture that we believe are part of the faith. You know, the Bible talks about different aspects of the faith. You want to keep your finger here in Ephesians chapter 4. But I, I just want to outline some of these for you this morning. So we know what the, what the faith is, is all about. Jump back to Acts chapter 6, will you please? Acts is the history book of the New Testament. And the faith is being developed. And so Acts helps us understand something about the faith. Verse 7, and the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. So the faith is part of our salvation, right? For by grace are you saved through, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So the foundation of this faith has to be our relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And if you're here this morning and you don't have a personal relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, will you talk to me following the service? I mean, that's what we're all about, right? We're going to recognize the given body and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ a little bit later in our communion service. That's how you get the relationship. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He's buried. And He rose again the third day. Amen? Rose again the third day. According to the scriptures. So we find out here that they became obedient to the faith. They were saved. Jump over with me to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Look with me at verses 4 and 5. And as they went, this is Paul and Timothy, and as they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem, so that the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. What's that talking about? It's talking about them living lives that lived out their faith. It's talking about separation. You know, separation's part of the faith. Scripture says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love that's, that's separation. Peter says, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue not. That's separate. We ought to be a separated people. Now, separation is not just separated from stuff. Separation is separated unto one. And that is Jesus Christ. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, Paul wrote. And I'll tell you what, if you are separated unto him, you don't have to worry near as much about being separated from this world. Because he will give you all the direction you need in your life. Jump over to Acts chapter 24, will you please? Acts chapter 24. Verses 24 and 25, this is Paul before Felix. And after some days, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, 
And he sent from Paul and heard him speak about faith in Jesus Christ, the faith in Jesus Christ. And as he reasoned about righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment, Felix was alarmed and said, go away from the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summon you. What was Paul doing there? He was talking about the Scriptures. Where's the faith come? It comes from the Word of God. It's not what makes me comfortable. It's not what makes you comfortable. It's not what I think, what I believe. It's what the Bible says. And it is indeed the Scriptures that give to us purpose. And Paul reasoned about the faith and righteousness. And how did he do that? He took him to the Word of God. Jump back with me, please, to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14, beginning with verse 21. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must, all, we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had to believe. What's the faith there? It's talking about service. They, they committed to him, and they said, you serve the people, you share with the people, you minister. You know, the faith is all about serving. It's all about getting involved, making a difference in somebody else's life. Service is part of the faith. Now, I need to take you to 1 Timothy for the last two. 1 Timothy, please, chapter 5. 1 Timothy, chapter 5. Look with me at verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. What's that talking about? It's talking about stewardship. Using the resources that God has given to us to make a difference in people's lives. You are familiar with the four rules of stewardship, aren't you? It all belongs to God. God's given it all back to us to enjoy. We can increase or decrease its value depending upon our investment. And number four, one day we're all going to be accountable. Those who are not good stewards have denied the faith. One more, 1 Timothy chapter 6, please. Verse 20. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 20. O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irrelevant babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. For For by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. Grace be to you. Our speech, avoid some of that just nonsensical talking. You understand the faith? That's what brings us together. And that is what unifies us. And it really can be brought down to the irreducible facts of the faith. So how do we grow? We get united on the important stuff in our lives, and that's the faith. So how do we grow? We recognize that there is a unity that brings us together. 
And that's these truths that are undeniable in Scripture. Not only do we grow, back to Ephesians chapter 4, please. Not only do we grow in the unity of faith, but we grow in the knowledge of the Son of God. But grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you have a hymn book? Take your hymn book, will you please? Hymn number 389. Hymn number 389. You know, there's some, some, some pretty good stuff in this book. Not as good a stuff as in the other book, but pretty good stuff in this book too. More about Jesus. Let's read these stanzas together, okay? We're, we're just going to read them. We're going to skip the chorus. We're just going to read the stanzas, all right? Here we go. Read them with me, please. More about Jesus would I know. More of His grace to others show. More of His saving fullness see. More of His love who died for me. More about Jesus let me learn. More of His holy will discern. Spirit of God my teacher be. Showing the things of Christ to me. More about Jesus in His Word, holding communion with my Lord, hearing His voice in every line, making each faithful saying mine. More about Jesus on His throne, riches and glory all His own, more of His kingdom sure increase, more of His comings, Prince of Peace. Sing it with me, will you please? More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of His love who died for me. Knowledge of the Son of God. That I may know Him. Amen? that I may be renewed in the spirit of my mind as I put off the old man which is corrupt and put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. That I may recognize that the Spirit Himself maketh intercession for me with groanings that can, cannot be uttered. And know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. That we might be conformed to the image of His Son. Romans chapter 8 stuff. That I might know more about Jesus and that I might grow into mature manhood this past Friday and Saturday all of my family gathered in Indianapolis to celebrate my mom's 90th birthday now she will not be 90 until August but we decided she might not make August, so we'd probably better get together. And we did. To my count, there were only six of us who didn't arrive. And we just had a great, great time. Stories were told. My dad, every time we get together, calls us into conference assembly and tells us the same stories. 
except he usually tells them a little differently every time. When I was a youngster, I remember my mother telling me on a number of occasions, Tom, why don't you just grow up? Now, you would never imagine that of me, would you? I'm not sure that that has happened yet, that I have grown up. One of the purposes in our incremental growth is to arrive at maturity, spiritual maturity. The ESV says mature manhood. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. For what? Doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, righteousness. What? That the child of God may be mature. Truly furnished unto all good works. And God wants us to understand that maturity is to be part of our lives. Now what does he give us for that? Jump back to verse 7, will you please? Ephesians 4, verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. He's given us grace and he's given us a gift. That ought to help you in maturity. Grace, God giving to us what we do not deserve. The gifts so that we might serve God. Jump down to verse 15. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way unto him who is the head, even Christ. He's also given to us stability and he's given to us good speech. That we not be, verse 14, children tossed about. That's maturity. Grace and gifts, stability and speech grow up into him who is all things. That what? Back to verse 13 we might fulfill the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we might be all that God wants us to be, challenged and changed and conformed to His character. He who has begun a good work in us, allowing Him to complete it in the day of His Son, Jesus Christ. Fullness of stature. As we got together on Saturday, we met at my parents' home. And all of the siblings were there and their spouses. Most of the grandchildren were there and their spouses. There were a number of great-grandchildren there. I hadn't seen some of my nephews for some time. And some of them were 5 foot 17. That's tall. For some of you who struggle with that, that's six foot five. I couldn't believe how they'd grown up. I mean, they're taller than I am. But I'm still heavier than they are. <laughs> Can you imagine five foot 17 and weighing less than 200 pounds? I don't get that. But the fullness of Christ in our lives. Grow up in Him. 
Grow up in him in unity. Grow up in him in knowledge. Grow up in him understanding that he wants us to mature. And grow up in his fullness. I want to be all that God wants me to be. How about you? And I'm to the place in my life, I don't want to settle for anything less. How about you? That's the process. An incremental process that he wants for me as a servant, pastor, teacher. For all of us as saints. To grow up in him. Why? Because he's the head. It was his body, it was his blood that brought us all together. And that makes a difference.